Hello and welcome to episode 141 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. The Jambos have recorded back-to-back away victories in two separate competitions. What on earth is going on? And joining me, Adam Kennedy, to discuss the latest, which was a win in Dingwall at the weekend, is Daniel McIver. What's happening, McIver? All right, it's a very rare occasion what we're going to be talking about this week. But yes, doing well. I'm on holiday this week, so it's just all going good. Hearts set me up perfectly. Hearts, Newcastle, everybody's winning, and it's just going great. How are you? That's that's good, mate. That's what it's all about. I'm I'm all right. Yeah, not not bad. Um, obviously, the last time that we recorded, um, we had no idea who awaited us. Hampden Park in the in the Viaplay Cup semi-finals, so that was a bit of a, a bitter blow. But yeah, nice to uh, nice to bounce back at the weekend with the win and yeah. just overlook the fact that our League Cup dreams may be in tatters for for yet another year. Um, shall we start? Shall we start with that? Actually, yes, before, we should. Before actually. we get into going around the grounds and the and the Ross County game, like I say, we had no idea the the night last. Or sorry, last. Tuesday night, no, yeah, yeah. No. no, last, last Tuesday Wednesday, night we had the last Kelly Wednesday. Game. Yes, yes. Sorry. yes, last last Wednesday was the draw. <laughs> it's oh, been too long. I can't even remember what happened. It actually last feels week. like a lifetime ago. That, I know it, it really does. Um, the last Wednesday night, the other three quarter final ties were all being played, and Rangers, Aberdeen, and Hibernian all made it through, which set up the final four to be both Edinburgh clubs, Aberdeen and Rangers, of course. Michael Beale was still in a job. We were first out the hat in the big semi-final draw. Everybody adamant that we'd face Hibs, such as I ran the poll on Twitter. The vast majority deemed that we would play Hibernian. It wasn't to be the case. It was instead the overwhelming favourites to lift this competition, Rangers at the National Stadium, as Hibernian take on Aberdeen in the other semi-final tie. Thoughts? Well, I mean, well, we're going to have to wait another year. Hooray! <laughs> because, especially because, as you alluded to there, at this point, Michael Beale is still in the job. He's not anymore. And no. if you listen to what people are saying, it could be Frank Lampard taking the <laughs> Rangers hot seat. He will beat us. He'll be a terrible appointment long-term for Rangers, because obviously he will, but he'll still beat us at Hamden. There's just no two ways about it. Of course, we get... The guy who's coming in, so wants to make a good impression, big momentum building win for him, and that's just what will happen. I don't think we had a chance anyway, because I just never think we have a chance against either of them in a, any game. But yeah, I I kind of did under Beal. I, I don't know. I look, I'd rather face them in a semi final than a final. Is my yeah, opinion. that's fair. Yeah, that's probably fair. In the final, you play either Hibs. Scary thought, or Aberdeen, which would be an interesting one. But can I, I was just—I will be honest, right? I think, as I say, I don't think we have much of a chance. But I am glad it's not Hibs. I was—I like, can't take <laughs> playing Hibs at Hamden again. And I know before people messaging, going, but we beat them every time. But that has to end at some point. <laughs> and I just would rather we never play them again. So that's how it ends because <laughs> so we just never get an opportunity. Nice. Yes, exactly. So I was like. All right, okay. On one hand, hooray, we don't have Hibs. But on the other hand, oh, for fuck's sake, that's it. We're not getting to the final. It's mad that if Frank Lampard was to get that job, he's only really three hours away from another trophy, if you think about it. And that would equate to the exact amount that Steven Gerrard won at Rangers. Yeah. Which is absolutely wild. I would probably, though, one... A trophy that is a lot less significant for Rangers than Gerard won. It is, but if you think of how long Gerard was there... Yeah, but it's still physically, yeah. like, the amount. And a lot of that was because of us. Because we kept knocking them out of cups. Fuck you, Stevie G. That's true. Nice. Well, well put. Um, let's go around the grounds before we get into chatting about our wonderful weekend win. So, the other five matches all took place on the Saturday in the Singe. The first of which was at Fur Park... <laughs> <laughs> and Celtic left it late to take the lead at Fur Park. Motherwell left it even later to equalise, and then the league leaders left it even later again to reclaim the lead and eventually walk away with three points. 
Ahead of the derby, Hibs were held at home in a goalless draw to Dundee. That was the first of the three o'clock games. Uh, one all was the scoreline at both Rugby Park um, and McDermott Park. Obviously, winning at Rugby Park isn't for everyone, but the Buddies did eventually bounce back uh, for a point in Ayrshire. Share the spoils at McDermott Park as St Johnston took the lead against Livy before the Lions grabbed a point in Perth. However, the headlines broke as the Michael Beal era at Ibrox is over after the Jairs were defeated by Aberdeen 3-1 at Ibrox, like I say, uh, who appear to have just turned their season around all of a sudden. It's actually remarkable. Uh, Aberdeen, hopefully that keeps Barry Robson in the job for a wee bit longer. But yes, Rangers are on the lookout for another manager. Um, I mean, we've touched on it. You you believe that it will be Lampard? No, I don't think it will. I but think if it'll it be is, Muscat, but I've got a hunch that Lampard could be in serious contention. I think he probably is, by the way that everyone's talking about it. I think Muscat would be a good appointment for Rangers. Um, I think Lampard would be a terrible one because I think he's like I know some people are like oh well there are signs that he's good I just think he's never shown anything I think the Derby thing is massively overblown I think he was helped out a lot by like Mason Mount just doing really well on loan yeah yeah he just basically had a bunch of Chelsea players (laughs) on loan that really helped him and then he was terrible at Chelsea he was even worse at Everton and just, I don't think he's cut for management at all. Job on, I've no idea. But poison chalice that club. On that, why would he take the Everton job? I don't know why he take the Rangers job other than arrogance, which is like you need that in a manager. You need a manager to be like, I can go in and sort anything. That's the point. But it would be a terrible move for him personally, I think, because I think if he failed at Rangers, that would be it. He has no chance of getting yeah. anything ever again. But I hope it's him. Just because it would be oh, funny. 100%. I need him up here just getting wound up by everybody. Because I saw, I think it was... Imagine um, Chris Sutton winding up Frank Lampard yeah, on a weekly basis. I think it was Evan McFarlane on Twitter was saying that Lampard now doesn't even have the aura of Lampard now. Because like previously it was like, oh well, it's Frank Lampard coming in to do it. Because Gerrard was an unknown, but he still arrived as Steven Gerrard. Yeah, Yeah. now it's Frank Lampard, the failed manager, coming in for a thing. So I hope that is that, but the Aberdeen thing was just mental. What did you make of the other other fixtures? Sorry, I meant to ask you. Um, The Celtic thing, I think I'd just give up football (laughs) if I was a Motherwell fan (laughs) at that point. I've spoken to a couple of Motherwell fans and they are, yeah, on the verge, I think, of just... Like I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like what you'd just be devastated, like yeah. beyond belief. Yeah, totally. Um, I think the wheels at Kilmarnock are kind of starting to fall off a wee Hopefully. bit now, but obviously that's still a good. Resu- Weirdly, it's still a good result because it is against a very good St Mirren team. The own goal is that's hilarious. Fine. Oh, what a finish it is for Kelly Harris as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, fair play to him for that. Uh, the St. Johnston game, I can't. I don't know if St. Johnston are actually sorting themselves out. I don't think they are, but like they kind of seem that, like... I thought they would just be getting battered every single week at this point, but they're not. They're kind of staying in games and picking up a point here and there. I know what you mean. It's like... They're giving themselves a chance, but I don't really believe that they have a chance. Yeah, I still think they'll finish bottom. Uh, Livingston, I think, are destined for a fight now in the bottom three. Yeah, it's it's kind of annoying, actually. Like, I I slated their top flight states in the past, but there is something quite nice about seeing an underdog just, I don't know, just consolidate and continue to defy the odds. I know that Martindale often says, he's like, my target is 10th because my target is staying in the division without any worries kind of thing. So, Well, it's continuing to try and punt Joel Nubley, but can't. Yeah, on. basically, aye. Uh, so you'd hope that that's how the Livingston board view him in terms of, I hope, like, he'll be hoping that as well, that as long as Livingston stay up, then it's a successful season. But I don't know if that's now changed because they've consolidated themselves as a top flight team where it's like, well, we want to show a bit more ambition than just staying in the league. 
Yeah, I, I mean they've they've been on the top six, on the verge of the top six a couple of times, haven't they? And it's just yeah. fallen through at the very last minute. So that must kill you. And then you, I don't know, if you've made kind of assurances or promises to players, do they then look at it and think, yeah, well we came close and we didn't achieve it, so I'm off. Yeah. It is interesting. Uh, and then finally, I'll be honest, I wouldn't be too worried if I was a Hibs fan after the weekend. I know on the face of it, you look at it going, well, we've drawn at home 0-0 to Dundee, but by all accounts, they were incredibly dominant and it was one of those games where Carson just had a world day and was He's making saves. He, he, he is a good goalie. He is a good But I think it is one of those times where 9 out of 10 times they win that game yeah. reasonably comfortably. Uh, Dundee, I don't know what to feel about them this season at all. I really don't. I think with Livy and St Johnston in the league, they've certainly got a chance of staying up. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think anybody's expectations are really beyond that. I feel like Dundee are always kind of... I don't know, they sort of get ahead of themselves and believe that they should be a top-tier club, whereas contrary to kind of what we've said about Livingston it doesn't always work like that so I think yeah. I think staying up in the first season is a success and then you look to kind of build upon that next year I, I don't know definitely but thankfully we're not here to talk about Dundee or Livingston or St Johnston or any of the other jobbers in this league that's not true we will be speaking about one of them because I think <laughs> teams like Livingston and Dundee will be delighted that Ross County are in this division this season Thankfully, we took care of Ross County at the weekend. Um, Hearts made two changes from their midweek match. Uh, the win in the Viaplay Cup against Kilmarnock. Cammy Devlin and Alan Forrest made way for Odell Fire and Aidan Denham. It meant that Hearts lined up. We sort of discussed this pre-pod in a 3-5-2. Yep. Roughly. Or 5-3-2. Yeah. We think. Um. <laughs> sometimes in transition it was a four-two-four as well but just predominantly a three-five-two. but the 11 players chosen to start for Hearts yeah. were Xander Clark in goal Toby Civic, uh, Frankie Kent and Kai Rolls looked to make up a back three sort of as we saw yep. toward the latter stages at Rugby Park uh, Adele Fire was therefore at right wing back with Stephen Kingsley at left wing back in the midfield was Callum Newenhoff, George Grant and Aidan Denham with Kenneth Vargas and Lauren Shankland in attack. When you saw that random array of names, McIver, were you just as confused as I was? I, I'll give myself praise here. I, I looked at that and went, I think that's a three-five-two. Purely because I went, I think we're just doing what we did for the last ten minutes against Kilmarnock, but from the start. If we hadn't played that game in Kilmarnock, I wouldn't have had any idea what the team was. But because like Ophaya was in from the start, I was like, all right, okay, well, he played right wing back for the last 10 minutes against Kelly. That's a natural back five there with the players that we have available. And then Denham is just a straight swap for Devlin, etc., etc., etc. But I was happy with it. There's this discussion that's kind of happening on Hearts Twitter about Boyce and Shankland and should they both be starting together? Does it work? Does it not? I think... For me, when he's fully fit, Boyce is, is in the starting 11. Yeah. But, as we saw against Kilmarnock, as we saw against Ross County, he's a very good player to have come off the bench. Just, like, to have that quality not being your starting 11 and come on with 20 minutes left when everyone else is tired is really, really helpful. It would be kind of derogatory to label him as just an impact sub because he is a much better player. Yeah, because he's way more than that. But it, it is it is nice to have that impact off the bench. It's cards on the table time from me. Um, obviously, I wasn't in attendance at Dingwall at the weekend. Um, I had planned on watching the Hearts TV highlights and taking notes for the podcast as as we do. Um, and was left disappointed a few hours ago when I saw that Hearts TV hadn't uploaded a highlight. What is package. happening? That's two games now where they've just not done anything. I don't know what's going on? Is it because Jalen Films is away? I don't know. Jordan. Can we have a moment of silence actually for Jordan departing? Yes. Yeah. Very fair. Shocking. Devastating. Yeah. Um, but whoever takes that gig um, get the fingers out with the highlights please yeah. thanks um, so I've had to go off sports scene highlights um, make of that what you will it's a programme I would absolutely never criticise um, yeah definitely 
Definitely not. Um, <laughs> the BBC deemed our first highlight to be on 25 minutes as our first real chance of note uh, came then. Uh, Aidan Denham looked to punish us like Jack Baldwin pass. Connor Randall, the former Jambo, remember him? Um, can't quite get there. Annoyingly, teenage... <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> our teenage talent robs him of the ball as a few players inside him, the likes of Lauren Shanklin, George Grant, looking to get in behind, but opts to take a shot and it smashes over the county crossbar, hits the top of the stand and comes down. Lauren Shanklin was very angry. George Grant was pretty angry. Were you pretty angry? Yes, I was. I was pretty pretty angry. Um, listen, I am delighted that Aidan Denham has signed an extension, three-year deal. Uh, it's just that, a, well a mental situation for him. Like being told he's going to be released to now being, he said in the press conference, for the first time in his life he's playing knowing that there's no chance that he's just going to be leaving at the end of the season um, I will say also I've said it a couple of times the way Denham speaks is incredible he speaks like he's been in this team for 10 years not that he's just making his first few appearances in it but putting all that aside I thought he was probably our poorest player in the starting 11 I do caveat oh, that with oh, the fact that go. he was clearly being told to play in a way that he's never done before so Denham okay. often is like the de- not even the Devlin in terms of energy. He's often been like the Benny, where he'll just get it at the base of the midfield and then push forward. And that's what he's clearly very good at. Naismith, however, clearly said to him, right, I need you creating in the final third. So he was the one receiving it. It happened a few times in the first half. He was the one receiving it almost in the box or on the edge of the box and had to find that final pass, final touch, final shot, as we see here. And it just never really clicked. So what else I say, in my opinion, he was the weakest player. I'm not really bothered because I thought it was a really good learning experience for him. This, however, is a learning experience of you don't take that shot when you're in that position with the people that are ahead of you that you have. With, with two better options. Is it because we were all so confused by the shape that he and Neuenhoff are arguably the sitters and Grant should be the 10? That yeah. It just, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Because I, I, I agree with you. It's like, it's like hearts are so desperate to fill the number 10 position that we've gone, yeah, George Grant has been good recently. He's not really shown it up to now. What happens if he goes back to that previous vein of form? We'll just stick another one in there so that Aidan Denham can move up and we can maybe take George Grant off to bring on a Benny Beringame or a whoever in the latter stages of the game. I, I, I don't know. It just, yeah. I, again, like we've not played this system before as well. So I, I think that does play a part of it, really. Yeah, well, at least we've not played it under Naismith with the instructions that Naismith yes, will have. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I spoke about George Grant just there after much criticism from me. Shut me up by scoring our opener at Kilmarnock. Close to doing so again on 29 minutes. Callum Neuenhoff takes his time, lobs a ball through at the Englishman eventually, takes a wee deflection en route there, but his effort is eventually saved by Ross Laidlaw down to the goalkeeper's right-hand side. Are we beginning to see flashes from George Grant? More flashes than we had seen previously? It feels like he's really coming on to a game. Yeah, at least I I hope so. I felt Grant kind of summarised our entire first half performance that consistently he was quite good, but it was just in the final moment he let himself down. Uh, Which, as I say, was very much that first half. I thought we we just seemed like it was a home game. Which, for us, away from home, is a genuine, like... <laughs> Miracle. Yeah, you just never see that, ever. It doesn't matter who it could be against East Fife, and it could still be a struggle for us at times if we're away from home. But, fair play to them, I just felt it was so easy to be perfectly blunt. We just were allowed to do whatever you want, and I know we've seen, in times like, for example, the Motherwell game at home... Motherwell allowed us to do whatever we wanted because they knew we weren't going to do anything. So we had loads of possession, and that's been the the criticism, loads of possession for possession's sake. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, we had similar levels of possession, but we're always doing something with it. And I just, I spoke about him last week, I spoke about him the week before. Neuenhoff was my man in the match, and he didn't really do anything Mm -hmm. for the rest of the game in terms of highlights to goals or anything like that. So I'll mention him now. 
he just seems like that missing link that we've wanted in terms of just a player who will be like, do you want me to play it backwards? I can do that, no problem. I can play it side to side. I can play it forward. I can find a ball in the channel. His range of passing is so great to see. And yes, listen, he's gonna. He's not at the height of his powers yet. He's still coming back from a calf no injury. He's still. He's only twenty-two as well, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. I I understand when some people are being like, "No, look, he's been fine." We're quick to praise, too often quick to criticise as well, and that is totally fair. But just from my perspective, all I've seen from Cal Newenhoff is great things. He's exactly the type of player I like. And I feel like his calmness, which is like peak 2018 Haring, is allowing other players to play with confidence because they can they don't need to worry about behind them, which I think then helps Grant, who's like, oh, shit, I don't need to worry about misplacing a pass because Newenhoff's there to just clean it up. So it means that Grant will take more risks, get any better positions, and be more creative. It is funny, that, isn't it? Like, the fact that professional footballers still need assurances by their yeah. teammates. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like... How can you get to such a level whereby you obviously must feel confident enough in your own ability? Are you not confident in others' abilities, but you want like you want a particular teammate beside you? I, I find it so strange that like, it's just that, that it's that human nature can develop thing. sometimes, and others not work out. I just I don't know. It's that human nature thing of you bet on yourself. Can you trust the others alongside you? And when you learn that you can. If those others aren't there, you start to then doubt yourself. Works in tandem, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's what you hope with Newenhoff starting to be more regular in the team. Obviously, Devlin was out with a head knock, but Naismith then confirmed after the game he will be back for Saturday. That we start to see those partnerships developing. I think we'll get. I'll raise it at the end of the game because it's more a point at the end of the game, but. Defensive partnerships are starting to build now, which is great to see, and just you hope that that starts to continue all the way through the team. Excuse me, sorry. I, I know, definitely. I think you uh, you like your stats. Uh, I want to yes. talk about Lauren Shanklin's chance on, on the verge of halftime, but mm-hmm. in that first half, Hearts had 64% possession, mm-hmm. had an expected goals of 0.37 in comparison to County 0.02, Seven shots, albeit I'm not sure how many on target. These stats are courtesy Three. of the Maroon Report, so the Maroon, bleh, the Maroon Report. So thank you very much yeah. for that, uh, and thank you for the additional shots on target. Um, eight, 241 accurate passes and 81% pass completion, albeit three fouls committed, no offsides, no corners. So it it did appear as though it was possession with a purpose. It is. It was like you say, just that final ball not too many clear-cut chances created. Yeah, 0.3 XG for that amount of possession of the shots is not great, (laughs) but it does tell the story that we all felt. Definitely. That being said, on the verge of halftime, probably our best chance of the half, actually, there would be one final chance. Frankie Kent, the aforementioned Denham, Stephen Kingsley, all linking up. The left-back finds George Grant on the edge of the area. He centres for Shankland, who swivels, bends a left-footed effort narrowly over the bar, and... He just needs a goal, Lauren Shanklin, doesn't he? I, 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 he's he's proving quite a divisive figure amongst the fans, which is remarkable given what he did last season. So, I saw it was a. Uh, I watched this live on Hearts TV, and it was Laurie and Joel scared. And Joel mentioned the fact that this is currently the longest drought he's had in his Hearts career. Ahead of the game, it was six games without a goal. Now it's seven. Wow. And, I mean, that in itself is miraculous considering most of the strikers we've had score one every seven. So (laughs) it's just, it shows how good he was at least last season. I think a conversation needs to be had about Shankland in as much as you can't drop him. Like, you can't. Because he's that good at just getting something out of nowhere. But the problem is, is you kind of have what's happened in the last few games where I feel like I don't think we were particularly amazing against Kelly, but I thought we were the better team. I thought we were pretty good against Ross County. But in both games, I feel like Shanklin's been one of the weaker players. In as much as just... I don't think he's done much wrong. I just don't think he's done anything. Yeah, the game's just passed him by. Yeah, like, for example, we'd have times last season where he might not score in a game, 
but he'd be holding the ball up, he'd be bringing others into play, he'd be linking up well, and you'd be like, I don't care that he's not scored, he's been absolutely crucial to the team in the way he's, play- in the way he's playing. Yeah, he's, he's but, like played a helping hand in yeah, the team's victory in, in totally. one way or another. The problem has been in the last, for example, just two games, is that he's not really been involved at all. I know that for the... He got an assist against Kelly, and that's what I mean. It's like, he didn't really do anything all game except contribute to one of the goals that got us the win. So then it's like, you can't you can't just go, oh, well, right, I'm going to have to take him off then because he's not doing enough overall. It's like, well, no, I'm kind of... Like, as this current... I know you're saying it's, it's some division, and I, I have seen that as well. Just now, I'm still in that period where I'm like, of course he has to start. Like, you yeah, can't oh, don't you? drop I'm him not for at one all. minute suggesting that, that he'd be dropped or nothing yeah. like that. But I've seen some people start to suggest that, yeah. and I'm a bit worried, being like, "No, we can't do that." The the other kind of debate that's emerged, and of course Scotland will be on international duty after the derby. Yeah, is what happens when Craig Gordon comes back into the fold? Because does he then, like, obviously both Craig and Lawrence will hope to be involved in the Scotland squad, but. Um, from a Hearts perspective, does Gordon come back in and immediately take the armband? Does Shankland does. hold on to it despite Gordon coming back? I think it. I just think you're both adults. Gordon's the club <laughs> captain. It shouldn't create any problem. It should have been told to Shankland right at the start. Right, we're going to give you the captaincy, but as soon as Craig's back in the in I mean, the lineup, he's captain. I mean, is Lauren Shankland? Lauren Shankland has been named as our vice captain, hasn't he? Yeah. So. Needless to say, that should only really... I also think people put way too much emphasis into a captain's armband in 2023. Interesting. I think it's completely irrelevant now. I think back in the day, it used to be quite important, like, oh, who's captain? But, like, for example, Frankie Kent's been as vocal as Shankland on the park, has been marshalling everybody into doing what they're doing. No one would go, oh, well, Frankie, you're not the captain don't talk to other people. That should be left to Shankland to deal with it. It's like, no, they're all... Now in the modern game, you see the amount of people who are just like... There's like the... What's it called? Like, the leadership team within the the squad kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, look at FM's squad hierarchy (laughs) and stuff like that, right? I think it's more just now a way more communal effort. (laughs) But everybody and now, not released for another month, but you've somehow managed to just I'm, get that. I'm very desperate for it, and I think the captaincy is now one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, who's who's allowed to speak to the ref, for example, because obviously only the captain is. I, look, I, I I just look at the top two teams in our league, right? And I know it's daft, and maybe it's because I'm consuming too much of the West Coast radio. Maybe it is. I'll, I'll admit that. But you look at Celtic. Callum McGregor is the absolute heartbeat of that team. You look at Rangers and James Tavernier is the scapegoat for everything that goes wrong and both of those hold the captain's armband. I, I don't know. I, I I do feel as though there is... I, I don't know, maybe it's just an unfair accountability or... I yeah, I put, think fans... I, I put my finger on it. I think fans and media read way too much into it. If McGregor's playing well... It's like, look, this is what a captain does. He's amazing. But at the same time, with Tavenier, yeah, he is absolute scapegoat, but oftentimes he's the guy getting the goal or getting them back in it. No one goes, oh, well, he's not a captain, though. He's doing all this kind of part. It's like, I just think it's way too... I still think they do, but... It's read way too much into it, in my opinion. So that's why I'm like, I don't care who has the armband. I'm like, just sort it out yourselves. And whoever it is when they come out. Nice. Maybe we should release like a clip of this and we can leave the poll. Would you give it to Gordon? Would you give it to Shankland? Or let yeah. us know in the YouTube comments. Yeah. Do, do whatever you like. It's, Go for a, that. it's a free country. You do what you want. Um, but half, half time. Nil nil. Yep. Yet to find a breakthrough. Hopefully we can make our, our pressure and persistence pay off. But it was actually the hosts that looked the more likely at the start of the second half. Jan Danda's corner deflected towards his own goal by Stephen Kingsley. Simon Murray puts pressure on Xander Clark, who can only punch clear, but thankfully the ref blows for a foul. I've spoke about Craig Gordon coming back in. It's for little instances like this that I just think Clark is just not at that same level. He's a, he's a decent shot stopper. 
would have been absolutely done had he not signed. That is yeah. fair to say. And he has stood in really well. But he's just not Craig Gordon, is he? Yeah, that's and it's like, how unfair is that comparing them to the greatest goalkeeper we've ever seen and like one of the best players' hearts I've ever played as a club? But that's what the situation we're in. It's like, yeah, that's sorry, where Xander. Is so messed up in it. Like, yeah, it really. Like Xander Clark is more is a more than capable goalkeeper at SPFL level. Yeah, it's definitely. just because he's been outshadowed by, as you rightly say, like just one of like. Our most famous son. I mean, he's club he's my favourite player of all time. Yeah, yeah he's up there. And it is just like, man. listen, Xander's been more than a capable backup keeper, as you say. Oh my God, where would we be oh, without him? Especially that initial run where he kept like a ridiculous. He kept way more clean sheets than Gordon did. Oh, in that it, initial run, it looked as though we'd actually upgraded. Given, yeah, definitely. Again, we were conceding goals <laughs> plenty. Yeah. Absolutely. And I will say, that, and this is with the caveat that Craig Gordon is my favourite player of all time in football. There is no other person I love more than Craig Gordon. I do slightly worry that there'll be a bed and in process where yeah. I have seen these interviews. I can't remember. I feel bad. I think it was with the Heart Standard. It might have been with someone else where Gordon no, confirmed I think it was that he was. With the Joel's. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, I think was it was with Joel. Where Gordon just confirmed that he was like, oh yeah, in training last week, somebody hit a shot towards me and I just naturally stuck out my leg. And everyone else kind of went, but I just didn't think anything (laughs) of it. Saved it and we just moved on. So thankfully he's not got that in his head where he's kind of like, oh God, can I use my leg and all that part? But as he said when they were confirming their FIFA ratings, he's no the quickest at the best (laughs) of times. He's 40 in two months from now. There is, we need a long-term strategy for what happens when he isn't at the level anymore. But you're so right. (laughs) This moment, it's not a foul, can I just say. It's not a foul. I think we're lucky to, get, uh, lucky to get away with that. I yeah, really it's it's mental. And Clark's done that a few times, where it's that thing that... Keep, do you remember Presley used to do it, and Colaccini used to do it. They're just my two reference points for when I was wee that I remember it. Where you'd go... They'd be, like, shielding the ball, and then they'd feel the slightest touch and go down and grab the ball. So the ref either has to send them off or just give away a foul that means nothing. <laughs> and the ref will always give the foul because it's like, I'm not going to send... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I just always think of Presley and Colacini doing that all the time. Just like, oh, under a bit of pressure. <laughs> Ten <laughs> minutes left. So, just hold go on. Down. so what are you saying? That Xander Clark does that as well? Clark does that. So many times where he's like, oh, I've felt a slight bit of contact. If I go down, the ref's probably got to go, all right, well, the keeper's been fouled, so therefore I'm oh, going they, to give they it. always back the goalkeeper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's what we think, cautious, yeah. like, oh, there's a, I've missed it. I've fucked up I've and missed, missed this ball. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was near me. I'll just go down. And fair, but listen, it's a skill part of the dark arts. I'm not against it, but it makes me terrified every time he does it oh. that the ref will go, nope. That was totally fine, <laughs> and we've conceded. Fully. It's, it's like he just is relying on the incompetency of Scottish referees. Yeah. That he just thinks, yeah, I should get away with this. I'd yeah. love to see what would happen down south, but then looking at the weekend's events, they're equally It would be a laugh. So let's move it on. It would be somewhat. <laughs> on 58 minutes, Hart should take the lead, but failed to do so. Alan Forrest finds Toby Civic on the outside. Civic sends a wicked delivery into the box, up from right back, until really lovely area just that nobody's there before it's recovered by Stephen Kingsley on the other flank the left back centres Vargas should connect with the cross but doesn't I want him to score so badly uh, but Alan Forrest at the back post does but diverts it for a goal kick I, I, I spoke about Lauren Shanklin's need for a goal Kenneth Vargas is, is arguably even greater Like I said I said just... it's happening in the derby oh. I, I, I can't jinxed him because three weeks ago <laughs> I said his first goal will be in the derby so he's been presented with all these opportunities and he's been like Daniel said it's in the derby I can't score before then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a look and see what price he is now that you've that's fine that. because I have a point to make as you do that go for it I criticised Naismith very much two weeks ago for his game management and how I felt it was poor 
the last couple of weeks, or the last couple of games even, never mind the last couple of weeks, he's got that right up me and shut <laughs> me up. Because on Tuesday night, his subs changed the game. And even more so, I felt, the subs totally changed the game uh, against Russ County. Denham and Ophire go off. I, I totally have sympathy with Ophire because he's a centre-half who sometimes plays right-back and he was asked to play right-wing-back and push us forward. He wasn't especially great at You look very confused about prices. What's happening? Oh, I can't find anything on Sky. Shocking. What an embarrassment. Carry on. But, again, you mentioned the Maroon Report. They had two really great graphs at half-time and at full-time showing average placement of the players and Ophaya was basically in that first half his average position was just inside our half and it's like for the way that that system was it's not amazing Naismith clearly wants them to be pushed up the Kingsley was much higher then at full time you see Alan Forrest's average position and it was in their 18 yard box and I just felt that Lowry and Forrest totally changed the game Forrest came on about 30 seconds later we just had a flurry of chances we had four corners in a row he put in two great balls and it was just I know we'll get to what he did later on he was right in the heart of it wasn't he yeah it just feels like suddenly Aberdeen game Kelly game and now this game there's now a pattern that started it's not just oh he did alright when he came on against Aberdeen that's quite good it's now like (laughs) No, that's several games now on the bounce where oh, Alan Forrest has been one of our best players. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and again, I, I don't know if that's because he's got a point to prove, if he realises that there's an opportunity for him to really nail down a first-team place. I don't know if he looks at the new arrivals and thinks, I need to keep up with Kenneth Vargas or even Yutaro Oda that came in January or whoever. Tagalog. I've just gone on there, I found it on 365. Yep. Kenneth Vargas any time is three to one. First or last goal scorer is nine to one. That's no bad. Please gamble responsibly. You heard it from us. <laughs> um but yes, you are right. Alan Forrest sends a wicked drive wide from a tight angle a couple minutes later. On sixty five minutes, with the game still goalless, Ross County were looking for a spot kick as James Brown goes down, but it would have been harsh on Hearts and Alex Lowry in particular. I don't think there was a lot in it. Um, and James Clark, it, James Clark, James Brown would try his luck from outside the area, but it fizz just wide of Xander Clark's right hand post. However, thankfully, 69 minutes, you mentioned the two of them there. Hearts would take the lead. Stephen Kingsley receives from Alex Lowry on the left hand side after a lovely George Grant pass. Uh, the left back gives it back to the Rangers' Loney, who dinks a floated ball into the area. Alan Forrest sends a looping header into the far corner. The substitutes combine to put hearts ahead in the Highlands. Happy days. How are you going to concede to a guy who hails from the family with no necks? Like, <laughs> how, are you, how is this happening? That's Who's exactly about three how he generated tall? the power, wasn't it? Just yeah, exactly. I'll be honest, as it happened, I thought he was offside. <laughs> so I was really worried. I was like, oh God. And then they showed the replay and it didn't clear it up at all. I was like, I still think he's offside. I'm not sure. But then... You see it back slow down, and he is on. Uh, funnily enough, it's former Hearts player Connor Randall playing him onside. Thanks, nice Connor. It's <laughs> much appreciated, mate. Um, it's a great ball. Lowry notices that the county defence all take a step up, so he just lofts it over them. Forrest's run is great. It allows him to be basically completely unmarked, and he can just put it wherever he wants. It's actually a really good header. It's a he great doesn't header. just. A lot of people, especially wingers, they kind of just go, as long as I get behind it and put it on target, I'll be fine. But he stops and waits and goes, right, I'm putting this back across. He doesn't allow it to continue on the trajectory it's going. He puts it back across the keeper. So as a result, the keeper's flat-footed and doesn't know where it's going. Really tough for him. As I say, he's been great. The few games he's played this season, he's been really good in them. Very happy for him. And just... I really hope it is the start of something. I hope we're not here at the end of the season or even in like February going, oh, mind that three-game run where Alan Forrest was all right and then he's done nothing since. I really hope it is the start of, right, you can kick on. And that, I will say, because there's an article that came out 
today, I think, or yesterday, where it was like, Alan Forrest set for a more starting role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that now means he has to start in the team, and therefore if he's not good enough and all that part... That was going to be my question. Do you believe that his spot is it's now his spot in the team to lose? No. Well, maybe right now, because we don't... Like, Oda and Tago are both out. Yeah. And Mackay. So yeah. all three other players... So maybe, for example, I don't think Naismith will play the formation we did against Ross County against Hibs. No, I, I think he'll go either. back to the 4-2-3-1. Four. Four, yeah. yeah. So die. So therefore, you might go, oh, well, yeah, Forrest does have to start on the right or the left because we only have Vargas yeah. there. But I, I generally... will start on the left at the weekend if that's what, Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah. I don't think that that now has to be the hard and fast rule. I just hope that it means that whenever he plays, whether it be he starts in the derby or gets five minutes at the end, he just has an impact because he's shown us in the last few games he can do it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, look, in terms of you know, County's response, James Brown would go searching for yet another penalty. Ben Purrington at left back blazed over from a tight angle after his cross was initially dealt with. Jack Baldwin's headers tipped over the bar from Clark, who was again under pressure from Simon Murray on 77 minutes. But Hearts had the chance to ultimately seal the deal on 88. Lovely ball from Liam Boyce off the bench. Sets Alex Lowry through, but he cuts inside and sends a left-footed effort towards goal, but Laidlaw gets down to his right-hand side and tips it wide. Um, and thankfully, like like I say, the final chance came to Ross County. Jack Baldwin heads a county free kick towards the back post. Eamon Brophy hits it into the ground, but it goes up and over the bar. And thankfully, Hearts hold on for three points. I deserve three I, points. Definitely. I thought we were just good. I thought, I think I said on Twitter that it was, I just felt it was a very professional performance. In the first half, we had everything except the final ball. And in the second half, we had one chance where we got the final ball right. I never felt worried that we concede, apart from in those final few minutes where just as a football fan, you're like, oh God, we're going to fuck it. It's the like, dangerous scoreline ever. Yeah, exactly. But, listen, I'll mention it now because that now means that officially, as of this week, we have the best defence in the league. Which is we've wild to say. It's crazy. <laughs> seven games played and we've conceded three goals. Seven games played and Celtic have conceded four. So we're better by one. And just, we've barely had our start in le- uh, fullbacks. In my opinion, we've been missing the best defender from last season. Alex Cochran, basically all season thus far. And with all the patter being made about Kai Rolls and how... It's not working and all that. He has been a consistent part of a defence that now is the best defence in the league. A part of that, I think, is just the general system that we've got and it, it is actually hard for us to be broken down if we don't make stupid mistakes. But secondly, it is a testament to how incredible a signing Frankie Kent's been. Oh, who, top. for me, is far and away player of the season so far. Yeah. Yeah, I think he is. I think Neuenhoff's coming close to him in recent weeks, but I just think that... Like, every Hearts fan was terrified that Halkett still isn't back and that we'll have to go the first few months without him. And there were some of our fans that were dismissive of the signing of Frankie Kent. Yeah, exactly. And seen him kick a ball, so... Totally. And he's come in and just been another Craig Halkett. Yeah. Which is exactly what we needed. And just, I'm so chuffed for him and I hope he just continues it on. I'm just looking at the table there. So obviously, like you say, the best defensive record... Still only scored five goals in the seven games, but second worst in the league. But like that, the three goals, our three defeats have all been by a sole goal. Like how yeah. infuriating must that actually be? And two of them are completely idiotic mistakes from us. Yeah, yeah. Dundee and St Mirren. And we've got Blair Spittle to thank that Celtic have obviously just. I think it's I understand people where it's like look this is actually a sign that it's working and that we just need it to click in the final third yeah I I do that's I do believe that I do believe that I I don't know if I don't know if that's because we've not got a settled 11 like from midfield to attack so I think I think it was confirmed that Naismith hasn't been able to field the same forward line in a single game so this th- there's absolutely no surprise then that that, that that we've not been able to kind of find that correlation between you know that that, that reasoning and our lack of offensive prowess yeah. so far. But ho- hopefully those can be rectified, and hopefully it can be rectified 
at the weekend in the Edinburgh Derby. Oh, I hate Derby Week. Same. It, I fucking hate it so much. Same. Because there's so many thoughts go through your head. Especially because, right, we've just spent, what, best parts of three quarters of an hour speaking about how positive the weekend was, how we're doing well, <laughs> back-to-back how you go with this? wins, and that it might just be a couple of pieces away from clicking. If we get beat... <laughs> On Saturday, it'll be back. It'll be back to, right, we need to get rid of Neesmith immediately. We need to do all these big changes and all that part. I don't know what's good. Listen, I think that, at the very least, I think Hibs have a very dangerous forward line. Yes. But... I do, however, also think they have an incredibly weak defence. Yeah, yeah. What? But I don't know. However, though, they have an incredibly weak defence, but they're coming up against the team that haven't. everybody except St Johnston has scored more goals than. Wow. Wow. What a thought. Yeah, we're 11th in the league table if it was on goals scored. And we've only Jesus. scored one more than St Johnston. Jesus. And I think they're stinking as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. Give me your team and a score prediction. Because right. we're both agreed that he'll go back to a four back. Yeah. Yeah, I think four, you will. Say. So what are you what are you thinking? Michael McGovern in goal. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Xander Clark, Stephen Kingsley, Kai Rolls, Frankie Kent, Toby Civic. You think he will Civic right back? Yes. Over a fire. Okay. Yes. Newenhoff and Devlin as a two. Is Devlin fit? Yeah, according to Naismith, he's fit for the Derby. Okay. Forrest on the left, Vargas on the right, Grant behind Shankland. If Naismith put Boyce in, I'd have no complaints. I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah, second that. I'm going to go for my prediction. One all. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. I I just knew it. I just think... I think we'll score first. Oh, that makes it worse. Then get pegged back but oh, then not concede again. And th- this is before one team wins 4-0. <laughs> it's a complete whitewash for the other side. But I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be one of the derbies. I know that neutrals say all Edinburgh derbies are like this, but I think it's going to be one of the derbies that's really stop-starty. It's two managers who are still feeling out their squads. It's Nick Montgomery's debut in the fixture. I don't know if he'll just continue to do what they've been doing where he just kind of throws them out and goes right high intensity high press keep the ball out wide and cross in which if Hibs fans are listening to this I apologise if that isn't what you're doing but from me from what I've seen in terms of highlights and speaking to my Hibs fan mates that seems to be their style just now listen we know that Boyle's good we know that Eli Yuan can either be amazing or terrible or shit yeah, and to be honest, for me, the biggest worry is that Vente, I think he's been a very good signing. Very good. I think he's... I, th- I saw a thing where it was like, he's had like five shots that have went on target and scored four of them or something. Like I think it was five goals in as many of his last five shots. Yeah, he, when he shoots, he, he doesn't really miss. Apparently, he doesn't take a lot of shots in games, but as a result, when he does take them, he scores. He's Dodge's amongst the goals. Adam Lafondra as well. Like, I know. Oh, yeah, and that's what I mean. Listen, they've got a good forward line. The hope is is that either Hanlon or Bashiri plays and Shankland. Yeah, I do, but that would be the dream. But it won't be. I think it. No, I think their. I think their back line will be Fish and Hanlon as a two, with Stevenson and Miller. Oh, don't mind that. It's a back four. I, th- I think Miller's been really Give me that good for them in recent all weeks. Day. Hanlon and Stevenson, yes, please. I take that. I, again, I've not actually been paying attention to their team. I'm not sure if Stevenson's been playing regularly for them. I'm not even aware. Yeah, I'll have a um, see who started at the weekend. But, or is that Timber? Oh, Wait, no, is that his name? It was Stevenson. Was it? Right, yeah. okay. Well, and then a beater replaced him on sixty-eight minutes. Eh, sorry, minutes. that's who I meant. No, Tim- Timber plays for fucking Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've just signed Julian Timber. It's a beater. It's who I meant. Um, they might start a beater because he's very fast, and they might just want to have overlapping. I don't know. Miller <laughs> seems to have been overlapping 
a lot in recent times. That's another reason I'd play Sibic at right back because I feel like he's quick enough to, to catch Yuan yeah. whoever it is but yeah. on the flip side I understand people on Twitter saying the last time we played Sibic at right back in the derby he gave away a penalty in the semi-final and it was terrifying oh, geez, for the rest that. of the time oh my goodness that was so a I do understand Toby Civic. That was, that was it was a different time. Toby Civic but yeah I'm dreading it because <laughs> I always dread derbies even though I know that history shows me that I shouldn't but I do I don't dread them as much at Tynecastle. Is I it, just dread them all the same. It's Easter Road where my arse just goes. I yeah, do that's not fair. like it. But yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm going one all. What are you going for? I'm going to say we'll win. Okay. <laughs> By what score? <laughs> um, see, there's a part of me right that thinks we can't score two goals. But equally, by the same score, like, will we keep a clean sheet against that forward line? Yeah. 1-0? Oh, I couldn't deal. If we score early and then we have to get through the rest of that, I'm not going to be able to handle yeah, okay. it. Oh. No, I, I get it, though. If, it's I, say, a if I say 2-1, reason. that doesn't make it any better, though, does No, it, it doesn't. It's the exact so, same thing. Yeah. Oh... Yeah, I don't know. One nil Vargas. There, I said it. I said it. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Stick your money on that. Don't actually stick your money on that. (laughs) Don't do anything irresponsible based on this podcast. We don't get any tips. Right, (laughs) quiz time. Before we can can go back to stressing about the derby. Obviously, this will be out. So our stress is just continuing and continuing throughout the week. Hopefully, this has calmed you down up until now. If it's... If we're now talking about the stress and the quiz, then we're really sorry. Yeah. You know what you're getting yourself into. Right. Exactly. What have we got? We have potentially two multiple choices, if you can't name the correct answer in the first one. Like, I've got multiple choices like a backup. Right. Um, Then I've got a true or false and the who am I. Right. Is that right? Cool. Yeah. Right. (sighs) Question number one. Who was the Hearts manager the last time that Rangers lost a Scottish Premiership match at Ibrox to a side that wasn't Celtic? Oh, so just the last time they lost at home. Not in an old one. I could potentially make this your multiple choice. I think I know when it was. Okay. Is the answer Daniel Stendhal? Ah, oh, MacIver. Excellent. Was it Hamilton? It was. The 1 0 defeat to Hamilton. David yeah, Moyle. The only it was our detriment. That. Yeah, it's one because it was like, of oh, fucking course they've won at Ibrox when we need them to get beat. And two, is that video of Neil Lennon going, Hamilton? Yes. When he can't even believe it. Yeah. And they were all set to sack Gerard before what happened happened. Yeah. So well, that was the only good. reason. Because in my head I was like, I can't think of another time they've lost at home yeah. that wasn't in an old fan. I know that's I'll cr- take that. That's a crazy start, to be fair. I know it's, it's that long. It's mental. And yet folks still want us to go and just play what we normally do at Ibrox. Baffling. No matter. Right, next question. We spoke about it earlier actually on the podcast. In which season did Hearts last win back to back away matches in two competitions? Oh for fuck. Was it sake. A? 2022-23 B 2021-22 C 2020-21 or D 2018-19 See I think the answer for the leak is December 21 okay. I swear we beat Livingston and Sunday back to back away from home I think it was Dundee I think we went to Dens and it was like eh how have we done this but you specifically (laughs) said yeah what what's going on but you said in two competitions so now I'm like what but I'll be annoyed I'll be more annoyed if I don't get it right based on this so I'm going 21-22 whatever that season was I'm off by a fucking year. <laughs> yes, you are. As last season, Daniel McIver, we won away at Motherwell in the Scottish Premiership 
and mm-hmm. Riga in the Europa Conference League. Oh, I di- I'll be honest. I didn't once factor in passed European. It passed me by as well. Because nah. I thought I thought it was more impressive than that. I messaged yeah. Hart stats. It was like, Scott, when was the last time we won back-to-back away matches? And it was like, uh, last season we beat Riga and Motherwell. And I was just like, Fair. oh my God. That's so yeah, I completely forgot. But yeah, and that... We've had this entire podcast about Alan Forrest. That was that week where Alan Forrest was amazing. <laughs> looked like Ronaldinho. Yeah. Fuck right. sake. So you're one from two. That's listen. Yeah. You did well at the start. Yeah. That was and again, I wouldn't have got that second one. I could. I thought it was. I thought it was more. Uh, more long ago than that. Question number three, MacIver. Question I think you'll like. Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson could both break the record for the most Edinburgh derbies lost provided that they play on on Saturday and Hearts emerge victorious. But how many derbies have the Hibs stalwarts been defeated in? Together? Or, yeah, do you mean when they've both played together? So, like, for example, Stevenson, I imagine, has played more Edinburgh derbies than Hanlon. He has. Do you mean that... I think both have lost the same amount. All right, okay, that's fair. Yes, they have. They have. Right, that's fair. (sighs) Right. Stevenson's been playing there Again, for like seventeen years. For the question. Stevenson's topper. been playing there for like seventeen years, or something stupid you, like that. Do you want me to give you how many derbies they've played in to try and yeah to try? Do that. I'll try and make it easier for you. So Saturday will be Lewis Stevenson's fiftieth derby if he plays. Paul Hanlon has played forty-one so far. Right, that didn't actually do much for me because my guess was going to be that Stevenson's played in about 46 derbies so I kind of had it anyway right do you say exactly 50 he's played so Saturday will be his 50th he's played Saturday will be so he's played 49 right on average because in that time he played when we just went through that run of beating them all the time but then he also played in that run in the late 2010s where we'd never won and we kept getting and there was a lot of draws I would estimate they have lost Simpsons played 49 I think they'll have lost 24 derbies I was going to give you within 1-2 but you've actually overshot it oh fuck they're both on the verge of losing their 20th they've lost 19 each I thought it was more than that. that. I'll be honest. That's mental. That's not a lot at all. If you listen to the record, so Lewis Stevenson has won 14, drawn 16, lost 19. That's funnier. Paul Allen has won 11, drawn 11, and lost 19. So, yeah, it's actually. It's losing like, records is just not as impressive as we both thought. But additionally, you can flip it and say out of 15. 49 derbies, Lewis Stevenson has only won 14 of them. Yes. That's mental. That's <laughs> insane. It's unbelievable. Oh, God, I didn't realise, though, it's his 50th. They'll do something about that. They'll be like, oh, it's his 50th. Come on, we can't lose his 50th derby. That, fair, that longevity, though, is... Me- I was about to say, it doesn't sound that impressive, but they're literally they could become the players who have lost the most amount of derbies ever. Yeah. So, it is. Um, question Don't do four. that! That'll be getting put on the fucking dressing room! What are you <laughs> doing? We're not at that stage yet. That's fine. They, they don't know who we are just yet. Uh, question number four, you're true or false? True or false, Liam Boyce averages a goal contribution every game and a half in a heart shirt. What does that translate to? In terms of minutes. 19, 135 minutes. Yes. I think it's false. Because I think it's like 138 or 137 or oh! something. <laughs> false, but only by a few minutes. Liam Boyce. Wait! My official my official guess is 137 minutes. Very good. I saw the heart stat thing, but, stats. but I couldn't properly remember it, but I'll take it. Well, exactly. That. I didn't want to give you like the amount of goals or like yeah. the starts and all that. So yeah, Boyce, 36 goals, 17 assists in 83 starts and 100 appearances in total, given that he's made 17 substitute appearances. So two out of four, McIver, not bad. I'll take you, it. You've done I'll well. Yeah. 
Take Don well. Um, and I say that because this Who Am I is absolutely <sighs> stinky. Great. So I hope, hope you have fun. Here um, we go. You ready? Yep. <laughs> Hearts were the second of six teams that I played for in my professional career, making just eight appearances for the Jambos. I replaced a member of a previous Hibernian management team to make my debut in an away victory but warmed the bench for most of my time in Edinburgh. I played in Brazil, France, Norway and Bulgaria and retired a decade ago. I claim to have enjoyed my time in Edinburgh despite the weather being no good and having been signed by Vladimir Romanov and not one of the Hearts managers during my stay. Who am I? Telling you now, I'm not getting it. I shall get this uh, man's Wikipedia up. If you get this, I will be astonished. This isn't a question, but I just didn't understand the second clue. What do you mean? I... What was the thing clue? about replacing I, I replaced Hibs a member what? of a previous Hibernian management team to make my debut. In right, so team. what you mean by that is he came on as a sub for someone who would go on to be a part of a Hibs management yes, team. Yes. Right. It that means it was Thingy, Lee Johnson's assistant. Right. Okay. Whose name I can't remember. Um so that roughly gives me a time zone. <laughs> so I mean right. I'd, I'd like to think that Romanov's tenure would also give you a rough time. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, like... but that's like yeah. six, seven yeah, yeah. years. Fair point. Whereas this is like two I can't even mind that guy's name now. It's doing my heathen. Thankfully, it's no him who it is, but at least I can picture his face. I see he was going to get the uh, the Inverness job before Big Dunk got it. Delighted. Was he? But yeah, he was in the running for it. Apparently. What's his name again? Jamie McAllister. Jamie McAllister. Yeah, I could think of his face, but I couldn't even mind his name. Right. So pleased that Big Dunk got that though, because that is just oh, tremendous for the That's great. Oh, did you see with the fans on Saturday? Yeah. They feel brilliant. Amazing. Right, what am I, I don't really need to ask the because there's no point in the year because you've said Romanoff era, and I've got it out in McAllister. I can roughly get that's like 2005 to okay, seven. I swear to God, if you roughly. get this, I'll be really impressed. Right. So he's played in Brazil, France, Norway, Bulgaria, and here. Yeah. He's played for six clubs. We were the second, so we mm-hmm. got him for Sunday. Or he came as a free agent, but he barely played. Came on. Oh, I was about to say he came on in the derby. That's not what you said. You just said he made his debut for McAllister, who went on to be... In an away victory as well. I know. What? (laughs) Um, Right. What nationality was this man? This man was, and is... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was about to say, like, he's still... Is he alive? Yes. Brazilian. Brazilian. Yes. Right, we've got some problems. Somebody like actually this. suggested them to me. You, you remember when we were talking about like the lack of South Americans? Yeah. And we mentioned Igor Rossi, and somebody That's fired a... this name in, and I was like, that is a brilliant who am I? So well, this is the thing. That. Igor Rossi might end up being the guest, because I don't know <laughs> any other fucking Brazilian players. Right. Brazilian played... Also... I think McAllister was like a midfielder. Okay. Is it a like for like sub that I have? I'm really honing in on this fucking thing. Right. I've got the years roughly. Okay. I've got that he's Brazilian. I'm gonna guess he's a midfielder because if he's not, I'm fucked. <laughs> okay. Did we have like? We I'm now just trying to think of Brazilians for this time. <laughs> Did, did, did stop singing the Alan Forrest song at me. This is not fair. Did somebody like Joe never played for us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of Brazilian players for around this rough. We Alano and Giovanni came up to Gorgi. What's another question? Because I don't think there's any point in asking the clubs because I just won't know who we played for. Because I'm rubbish with that stuff, especially around this time era where I just didn't pay attention to anyone except Hart. For what it's worth, I've heard of one of his clubs. Okay, right. We're definitely not doing that then. Um... <laughs> one of his clubs and us. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that. I was about to say, is the one club us? <laughs> um... 
Right. <laughs> Some people are like, what was his son name? <laughs> <laughs> like, like they ask him for initials, and no, yeah. I will not give you those either. No. Um, I don't think, I can't even think of a second question to ask, because I've your second clue kind of gives me the time period, which is what I was going to go for. I don't know of any other Brazilians that played for us, apart from Igor Rossi. Especially at this time, I have no one. I can think of like Portuguese and. I don't remember. That's it. I don't remember this guy at all. I'm not even going to use my second question. I'm just going to say Joe and <laughs> just see is it Joe? Did Joe play for us before he played for Man City? No. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. McIver, this man was a Brazilian midfielder called. He was a midfielder. Yes, very good. Called Samuel Camazzola. Absolutely no, no idea. Don't remember Imagine if I'd got that. That's what I'm saying. I would have been astonished. Genuinely astonished. In terms of the clues, so yeah, um, Camazzola joined the Scottish Premier League Club Hearts on a season-long loan deal in August 2005. He made his debut on the 17th of September in a 1-0 away win against Inverness, coming on as a substitute for Jamie McAllister. However, Camazzola failed to find a stable place in the regular lineup, being featured mostly as a substitute, playing only eight league matches. He played for Juventud, who we signed him on loan from, uh, Chateau, who's the only other team that I'd heard of, considering they play in France, um, Sandefjord Fotball of Norway right Esportivo of his native Brazil and Cherno Moore who are a Bulgarian team based in the city of Varna what an incredible career an unbelievable career and retired in 2013 well did you get that if you did you've got too much time in your hands and need to reevaluate your decisions but we hope that you enjoyed this. By the way, can I just say, we've been we've had a couple of tweets aimed at us and YouTube comments being like, this is ridiculous. You don't know who these players are. Folk need to accept now that they're middle-aged and this happened when they were in their, <laughs> the age that we are now and we were, well, I was seven, nearly eight, when he joined us, right? I'm not paying attention to that. Didn't he give us any shite? It comes to that. us all, exactly. Get obvious. Yeah, 100%. But anyway, we really hope you did enjoy the episode. And if you did, please continue listening, despite being personally insulted by us. Uh, If you did enjoy it, leave us a positive rating on whatever platform you listen to. If you've been watching us on YouTube and me struggling to try and remember this guy's name, please leave a like, comment, and subscribe. We're at Perth to Paisley on all forms of social media. Perth to Paisley at gmail.com if you want to fire us more insanely hard who am I will happily receive them and I'll do it next week to Adam Adam where can they get you on all the socials uh, they can find me appreciating love of Yoga Benito and Samuel Camazzola <laughs> at Adam T. Kendo uh, where I'll be live streaming me watching uh, the best bits of Lee Johnson's reign as Bernian manager <laughs> yourself McIver I am at dmciver 22 We'll be back next week to discuss all the fallout from the Derby, where we've hopefully won anything else that happens in between. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Come on, us!